0: good evening sports zonians. how's everybody doing out there tonight i am mike aglioloro i am your host for this is sports zone recording with you live like we do every week here each and every week here via the i-95 sports and entertainment radio network. We got a good show for you tonight. We do want to thank everybody for joining us on all our various podcasting outlets. So as always, we thank you for joining us for no no matter how you join us, whether it is Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Always thank you guys for joining us. And like I said, we do have a good show for you tonight. We will be joined by Dave Hastings and Eric Tressler in a matter of moments here. We do have a lot to talk about tonight. We got our final four matchup set for the NCAA championship. On one side of the bracket, it will be Duke taking on North Carolina. And as much as everybody is finding it hard to believe, it really is the first time these two longtime rivals will be meeting in the NCAA tournament in any round, in any bracket, ever, which is insane but that's the way it's going to be. And then on the other side, you have Villanova taking on Kansas. Um, The the games, and we kind of loosely picked the games last week. I don't think anyone was really going in the hopes of winning, but the Cinderella story, St. Peter's made it all the way to the Elite Eight, where they did get dropped by North Carolina. Duke overcomes Arkansas, who had beaten number one seed Gonzaga. And then on the other side of the bracket, Villanova beats Houston, who had taken it to Arizona. And, you know, it was a team that I was pretty impressed by. So Villanova makes it on that side. And then Kansas beats Providence. Miami beats Iowa Iowa State, only to lose to Kansas in that Elite Eight matchup. And now we have our Final Four. And that will, of course, take place over the weekend, Sunday into Monday. So we have that. Um, football, um, been a very eventful offseason. I know we were talking about the quarterback carousel last week, and then yet another big name was on the move later on in the week when Tyreek Hill got sent to Miami for a really big prospect package that includes uh, this year's first round pick, this year's second round pick, fourth round pick, and then next year's fourth and sixth round pick going from Miami to Kansas City. For Tyreek Hill because they couldn't agree on a contract extension, which adds a lot to get back, and we'll see what Kansas City is able to do with it. That is a loss they are going to feel, though, in my opinion. You know, you have Travis Kelsey, obviously one of the top three tight ends in football, and you have you have a receiving core that's been pretty tailored to Patrick Mahomes, but it all drives on the back of Tyreek Hill. So you take that out of there, and yes, they brought in Juju Smith-Schuster, and then they signed Marcus Valdez-Scantling, who I actually think he could do pretty good in that system, but as of right now, you don't have anyone who's going to give you the impact that a guy like Tyree Killish had for that offense the last few years. So that's that's a pretty big loss, in my opinion, and... You know, we have a little bit of NBA to talk about tonight. Um, Season is still going on there. The Lakers blew a 20-point lead the other day um, to the New Orleans Pelicans. So I'm sure we'll talk a a, a little bit about that. Uh, We got baseball to talk about. We got spring training finally starting here. But let's, let's bring him in. He's getting set. He's getting set. We're just waiting on his audio. We're waiting on his audio. I'm sure he's got a lot to talk about, but a particular thing that happened on Sunday that I, I have not brought up yet, but we, we're just waiting on Eric. Here we go. All right. And with that, Eric Tressler is here tonight. Eric, how are you doing? Ready to bitch slap this show like
1: Will Smith at Oscars.
0: Okay, before we get into that, I want to bring up something that we didn't bring up last week, but we probably should have. I just noticed this in my Facebook memories. Happy three-year anniversary to you and Janice, my friend. Oh, thank you. Thank yes, you. yes. We should have brought that up last week. I didn't even notice it, but I'm starting up the show, and I'm getting ready to put it on Facebook. And I saw that, and I was like, no, that's how we have to start off the show. So, oh, that's sweet go. of
1: you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I try. But, you know... Just don't bitch slap me. I never said anything
1: about your wife. So that's all I'm saying. No, I think, I I think, before, Dave, I think before Dave <laughs> gets on, though, let's hit baseball with whatever you want to hit baseball with. Let's get it out. Because I know Dave kind of checks out towards the end a little bit on this. So, yeah, anything baseball-wise you want to throw out? I don't got a ton. Is, of is there training. anything? I'm happy about that. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. Um, The biggest news I saw, I didn't know if you had a thought about it. And the only thing I really wanted to throw out baseball-wise, because I didn't even realize. I kind of thought he retired. But to hear Albert Pujols signed a one year deal with St. Louis.
0: I did see that. I, yeah. almost,
1: I almost thought it was going to be a one day contract. I like usually <laughs> sign with him and retire with him. Mm. To hear it's a one year contract, I don't know. What you your He's got anything left in the tank, or is this just kind of a grab because now the DH is allowed in the NL? And this is a good spot where you could just kind of plug him and you don't got to worry about him in the field. And, you know, maybe it helps keep him a little bit healthier. I, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. And, I mean, it's a good move for St. Louis, in my opinion, PR-wise. I'll just give you that that perspective mm-hmm. of it. I think it's really good. I mean, he was uh, phenomenal for that city while he was there. He's yeah. uh, a true, you know, uh, ch- I hated to see him leave there, actually, to be honest with you. And uh, yeah. I know he went. You got to go where the money goes. And I get that. Sure. so I can't ever fault the guy for doing that. But at the same time, he's a guy I kind of wish would have stayed his whole career there. But understandable and happy. That I'm kind of a little bit happy to see him back with St. Louis. So I'll throw it will let you. I'll,
0: I'll let you know if I could say I'm happy the first time the Cardinals play the Mets. I'll, I'll let you know how I feel about I mean, that. Then, you but got to
1: admit, though, he no, was no, no. The guy he was 10, 12 years
0: ago. Yeah, but you know how it goes. You go back to you go back to your team, and you get to play the Mets, and then all of a sudden you're hitting four home runs in a three game series. So while I understand that, and I listen, I think for a one year flyer, this is the benefit of having the designated hitter in the National League. What what does it hurt to take a flyer on Albert Pujols, because he went to the Dodgers last year. He performed reasonably well for them. He was in kind of a platoon role where they didn't have him starting against lefties. And by all accounts, the Dodgers, like they, they didn't bring him back. But I, I, from what I've heard, they didn't have any complaints about him.
1: So to put they him back, him in back St. Louis, also because they signed, they signed Friedman. Well, sure,
0: but I'm saying even before that, I don't think he was in plans to bring him back. I think they just looked at that as like a flyer in the middle of this season. But that being said, just because you don't bring a guy back, that doesn't mean you're disappointed in what you got for him. They didn't have to give anything up for him. So you know what I mean there. But I echo your sentiments. The idea that he gets to uh, end his career in St. Louis – that's awesome, man. I mean, he was the face of that franchise after Maguire retired for a very long time. And as much as this part makes me makes me see red, because I still remember 2006, now you have Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, and Albert Pujols all back together again. Oh, whoopee. So good for them. Good for them. And We're with that... oh. Well, yeah, listen, all I was really going to throw in if we were going to say anything about baseball was um, just uh, I'm, I'm a little nervous about the Mets going into this season. We we should have a good team, but we didn't do anything after we came back from the lockout and um, just just hopefully everything holds up. We don't have another power hitter besides Alonzo. The bullpen is still the bullpen and everybody's given the rotation high marks and we got some big question marks in that rotation with Carrasco and Walker and Hopefully, DeGrom has passed everything, and even Bassett, can he do it now that he's on a big stage? We'll see. We'll see. So yes, that that is the baseball talk, and with that, perfect timing, because Dave Hastings is here tonight. Dave, how you doing?
2: I'm doing good, Mike. How are you?
0: We're we're all right. We're all right. We're stopping Eric from bitch-slapping people right off the jump, because he wants to be like Will Smith, and uh, yeah, we're doing good. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh my god can we can you hear me okay i got you on my uh bluetooth car speaker so i just want to make sure uh, i
0: i can, can hear you yeah we can hear you
2: loud and clear loud and clear mm-hmm. all right awesome awesome all right let's do it where are we going first
0: do we want to talk about sunday first before we do anything else because eric with the way you started off i kind of feel like you want to go there
1: I just feel like the world kind of stopped and I said it to Janice the second we saw it live I was like if that really happened you're not gonna hear about the war in Ukraine you're not gonna hear about COVID you're not gonna hear about shit you're gonna hear about Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock yeah like, I was like, you know it you know we took a couple watches and a little bit of like seeing the Australian and Japanese versions to figure out that that wasn't just a gimmick for the Oscar so um, I mean, I was well, kind of like, you know, you, you think about it, it really shouldn't be world shattering news that, you know, this happened. But at the same time, I mean, you definitely see the privilege there because if me or you or anybody else would have gotten within three feet of Chris Rock, we would have been behind, you know, behind bars somewhere. Um, well, Like it wasn't make a go up and bitch slap the shit out of him and nothing happens. Just shows you a little bit of privilege. The other thing, too, was. Um, uh, wow. It just was a shame. To, it was a shame to see. I got to be honest. Like I, I understand the joke. I understand it might have been in poor taste, but this is also like the death of comedy. Like all comedy yeah. is offensive yeah. to somebody, honestly, and like that's just the honest truth. Like comedy is offensive. <laughs> it is, you know. That's part, you know. It, it really is. And you know, uh, if, if all you want to tell are knock knock jokes, then you know that I guess I guess you could do that, but. I don't know how many laughs you're really going to get. So, I mean, it's, uh, was the joke in poor taste maybe, but I never think getting up and bitch slapping a man in, in public and not just in public on national TV in front of the world to see is ever like a good move. Plus I'm going to, I'm going to pitch this to you guys because if I'm Chris rock, this bothers me more than anything. I I gotta be honest. Like I would have taken a punch better than that. Like, you don't bitch slap Whoa. Like, Whoa. The fact that, I, the fact that I, you I, slap a man, like, I gotta be honest, if I am Chris Rock, I'm more offended at the fact that he slapped me. I would rather he punched me in the face. Like, to me, it's like, wait a second, what just happened? Like, did I just get bitch slapped? Like, to I'm me gonna. That's more, that's more offensive. Well, here's the
0: thing. I thought Chris Rock handled that as well as he could, and his reaction, like, he barely moved. So I, I don't I, I, you yeah, can say, you can say what you want you could but hang on a second you could say yeah he only opened home hand slap, him this is still a guy who had to train to be Muhammad Ali and trains for action movies and you're talking about scrawny ah. Chris Rock and he didn't fall down now, but you don't fall down from a slap though Dave come on it depends who's it depends who's doing it go ahead Dave.
2: Well, I mean, look, I will say there are people that could fall down from a slap. I mean, if you've ever seen any of those slap competitions, yeah. it can happen. Um, but I will say, I mean, I get where it's coming from. Like, you're going to that mad at me. I'd rather you punch me than slap me. Like, what, what, what are we doing here? But uh...
1: <laughs> like, tell me that wouldn't enrage you more. Like, you wouldn't just see red if some guy walked up and just slapped you in the mouth. Like, I think I would lose it right there on the spot. Like, I give Chris Rock credit for keeping it together. I'm seeing red either,
2: either way. There's, I'm not, I'm not getting hit. And not seeing red.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> you
2: know, I like. I will say though, that was one of the things I've ever seen. And like, originally thought it might have been. Well, did you realize, like. Just some of
0: the. Is that me cutting in and out, or is that Dave? No, that's him. I think he's going through a
1: bad area. I think he's going through a bad area. Now you you cut in and out a
0: little bit. You're cutting
1: in and out, so it might have been the area you were going through. Yeah, I mean, Eric,
2: you'll know this better. I'm passing Route 15 right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it can happen.
2: Yeah, but all I was gonna say is if you look back and watch it right after the joke is said, Will Smith laughs. Yes. So he obviously thought it was funny until his wife got pissed. And what? Do you, what am I, what, I? I don't know. I, I think it was more a peer pressure thing from his wife more than anything else.
0: No, absolutely, I, absolutely. Because you saw the look on Jada's face. And here's the deal, we, I, Eric. I know you were watching it live. Dave, were you watching it live? No. Okay, so I wasn't maybe-
1: watching it live because of Janice. I actually was protesting and saying I wanted to watch something different, and <laughs> I felt kind of bad. And I was like, "All right, fine, we'll leave it on." And then, like I said, I'm kind of glad I left it on. But it-
0: <laughs> well, you putting that in the group chat because uh, the the first I heard of it, Eric puts in the group chat. Will Smith just smacked Chris Rock so hard my TV froze, and I I'm seeing this and I'm just like. Wait, what did he just say? So I'm, I'm, I got Twitter in my background, and I'm looking at Twitter, and that's when everything came on. Dave, I'm guessing it was like that for you, too, something, something like that.
2: Uh, exactly like that. I was like, what the hell is Eric talking about? And then <laughs> all the you just see people literally tweeting, I cannot believe what I just saw, and I'm just dying and laughing. And I'm like, somebody post the damn video, and then I, I probably watched the video like five times.
1: mmm And then tell me the next thought you had wasn't, oh my god, the amount of memes that Eric is going to send me because this just happened.
0: I thought you were going to OD. I thought we we were going to find you dead in a corner somewhere and just 7,000 memes in your queue waiting to be sent. You were a pig in shit just rolling around and loving every second of it.
1: How can you not? Some of those names are funny, though. I
0: mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, you had some good ones. You had some good ones in there. There were a lot of them, though. But um, I want to go back to something you said, Eric, and it kind of echoes a sentiment that I had sent to you guys in the group checks, uh, the the group chat, rather. Um, It's very dangerous, precedent that got set with what happened on Sunday night. Like, listen, Will's reasons for doing it. Chris Rock telling a joke. I'm looking at a bigger picture here because I've told you guys before, I used to be a huge fan of stand-up comedy. Y'all know I love George Carlin. love Richard Pryor. love Don Rickles, all those guys. This is bad. And the fact that the Academy didn't kick Will Smith out and let him make that speech means he got away with it. I don't care what the Academy said after the fact. I don't care about the investigation they're supposedly conducting. What the fuck are you investigating? We saw what happened. There's nothing to investigate. The fact that that was allowed to stand and he got to make his speech at the end of the night. So what precedent did you just set now? If you work in a comedy club, if you're an up-and-coming comic, you have to worry about someone rushing the stage because they feel emboldened to do so because they saw Will Smith get away with it? Who the fuck wants to work an award show now when you can't... I, I'm sorry, if you're a comedian, no, you're so really purpose at the award trend, show. Right? What'd you, you know say?
1: Really you know who really started this trend, though?
0: Oh, you can you say the who, name.
1: You can absolutely he, say the name. Go ahead. It's Kanye West. He did yeah. it when he went up and he stole the mic from Taylor Swift. This is what emboldened people to feel like they can get up and do this. During these type of shows now. In all fairness,
0: though, that was 10 years ago, and he didn't hit anybody. Like, I'm not no, saying you're escalating. wrong.
1: Now it's just getting worse. Now, uh, now, now it's not him going up and stealing the mic or him going up and saying something with Chris Rock face-to-face. He just goes up and bitch slaps a man.
0: <laughs> and I feel – I well, I guess this kind of piggybacks on your point, that, but it's still worse. If you want to say this is the escalation, what's the next escalation? Someone gets up to, uh, at an award show – the comedian makes a joke they didn't like and pulls a gun out or a knife. Like, if I'm a comedian, I don't know that I ever want to work an award show again. And how do you feel safe at a comedy club anymore? Like, this is bad. Some what do you not. say?
1: I mean, listen, I, I agree with you there. I mean, listen, yeah, but there's always that sense of worry. People are getting crazier and crazier out there. And to be honest, to be a stand-up comic right now is it's brutal because you got to be able to walk in a room and especially in the front row, be able to make fun of some people, be able to poke some fun, be able to like engage the audience. And if you can't do that, that that's part of the show. Like, I, like I said, what are you going to do? Stand up there and tell knock, knock jokes. Like I don't understand what, like what you're going to do. Like as a comedian, yeah. like but where can comedy go? Because if nothing else like you can make fun of yourself like you know but outside of that like what else can you do comedy is uh, uh, unfortunately part of it is, a lot of it is offensive It's offensive yeah. to somebody somewhere you know yeah. what i mean like even if you're not even if you're not making racist jokes or even if you're not making jokes about women or jokes about certain you know anything else like you know or about you know your Religion or anything else, like are still going to be offensive to somebody. You make short jokes, are offensive to short people. You make tall jokes, are offensive to tall people. You make any kind of jokes, they're going to be offensive to somebody. Dave, it's what do you? I got mm. It's hard.
0: No, Dave, what do you say?
2: I mean, the idea of not wanting to be a comedian at an award show again—that that I can definitely understand. But the, I, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction, worrying about a com- comedian at a comedy club. That's a completely different atmosphere. That's completely I, hope
0: different atmosphere. Right. So, I hope you're right. I hope
2: you're right. Just think it's an overreaction. I mean, when it's all said and done, the, the most recent comedy that I've listened to doesn't really seem to be worried about holding back. So, I mean, all in all, I don't really think it's uh, something. And not to mention, like, if you're a famous no, the comedian, memes and never hold back. <laughs> no, the memes will never hold back. But I mean, if you're a comedian. <laughs> If you're a comedian at a comedy club, like a famous comedian, people that are there are the people that like your material, not the people that are offended by it.
0: You hope.
1: I agree. That's yeah. not, that's agree not with always true, you, though. To a certain extent, uh, yeah. to a certain extent, Dave, and I do agree with you that I think a lot of the worry that people now have is an overreach, is too much of a worry, because, like you said, I don't think that this is – it's a different atmosphere. It's a different environment there, especially in smaller comedy clubs like around here. A lot of the times the comedians that are there are smaller people. They're not big name, you know, nationally televised people. And a lot of times it's their their friends and family who are there in the audience. You know, so, I mean, I, I think that you, you're right where I don't think that this is an extreme worry for comedy clubs and, and people doing stand-up across the nation. But I just worry that it just starts to lean towards a bad, like, you know, especially for these award shows type things. Like, you don't need to see this shit. Like, you know, but at the same time, I don't think there's really a need for the Oscars anymore either. So, I mean, I'm kind of in a weird camp there, you know. We're well, going to be honest, if it wasn't for Jazz, I wouldn't have been watching it to begin with. <laughs> so, I could really care less about the award show. It's just, you know, I think we can all agree on one thing. The thing that was taken too far was Will Smith never should have got up and bitch slapped him in the face. Yeah. Like, yeah. If he sits in his chair and he yells whatever he yells, even with the profanity, it's that's one thing. No, that actually would have been
0: just fine. That would have been fine if he just did that.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah, I get you you could understand that. You could say he was standing up for Jada that way. But at the same time, like getting up and actually open and slapping somebody in the face on national TV. It's just never really the way to go. You're never going to come out looking good from there. So I, uh, I think we can all agree on that, right? Like uh, that, That's where it really became a step too far.
2: Yeah. I mean, listen,
1: I hope I, – what were you saying, Dave?
2: just said definitely.
0: Okay. Um, I mean, I'll say this. I hope the comedy club thing is an overreaction. Um, I mean, we'll see going forward. I don't know. It's a bad precedent to set. And I saw something the other day. I, I've always been a huge Don Rickles fan. I always like Don Rickles. If, um, first of all, if he ever said any of the stuff today back that he used to say in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, he wouldn't be able to say it, period, because everybody would be offended by something he said, which is a shame because he's one of the greats. But you think about it. Don Rickles kind of made his career making fun of celebrities and making fun of Frank Sinatra in particular. He, he him and Sinatra told the great story about how one night Rickles is at a comedy club with his girlfriend, uh, is at a restaurant with his girlfriend, and he sees Sinatra and goes up to Sinatra and he says, Hey, Frank, I'm with this girl. Uh, she doesn't believe that I know you. Could you come up to the table and say, Hey, it would really help me out? And Frank says, Sure, I'll do that for you. So Rickles goes back to the table with his girlfriend and the uh sinatra comes over he goes to say hey and frank just looks up and says, can you see i'm eating frank and frank didn't hit him all the time sinatra got made fun of on national tv by by rickles he never got made fun of rickles said some shit to some people who could have smacked him and they never did so just to see this it's just I, i don't know i don't know i'm and he shouldn't have been allowed to make the speech. I'll say that again. Do you guys agree with that? Do you think he should have been kicked out for that? Because I don't think he should have been allowed to make the speech.
1: I think, I think he should have been kicked out. Yeah, no, nah, I'm with you there. I said that from All the right. beginning. I think it sets a really bad precedent. But like, if, anyone, if anybody outside of him were to do that, you're going to hear about it. You're going to get arrested. You're going to get at least, at the bare minimum, escorted off stage and escorted out of the building. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you, that's even for some other movie stars, there probably that aren't as big as Will Smith. If anybody were to walk up, you know, if, say, I don't know who, say that was Rob Schneider who walked up and smacked the <laughs> crap out of Chris Rock, I think they're probably kicking out Schneider. You know what I mean? Like, or, or I'm just thinking of somebody else. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not. No, no, a, no. You're super, absolutely right. I know it's a night of superstars, but I mean. If it's anybody else, you're going to get the repercussions from that. Like, sure. it's only because he's Will Smith that he can go dancing at an after party afterwards. Didn't even apologize to Chris Rock in his speech when he gave it at the, the, when he got the award. And then came out with some lame ass apology the day after. I'm sorry. Maybe they made amends or whatever, but it was still a lame ass apology. I'm sure deep down Chris Rock isn't really inviting him to dinner anytime soon. Did you actually
0: see Chris Rock put out an apology? Not
1: Chris Rock. I saw Will Smith did.
0: Apparently, Chris Rock did, too. I saw this earlier today. He apologized for the disrespectful words he said. I, 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 it was longer than that, and the it was more day, into... It was
1: a G.I. Jane 2 joke.
0: I, I, listen, I saw it. I was kind of horrified that he apologized for it because, I'm sorry, I don't really like... You want to apologize to Will in person, it's fine. You owe nobody a public apology for what happened there, in my opinion. So, But look it up. It's on Twitter. I saw it on Twitter. Um,
1: to be honest with you, G.I. Jane 2, I mean, is that really that bad an insult? I think we all agree. Demi Moore was pretty hot in the first one. I mean, I don't really think it was a knock-on her. It wasn't like, you know, I, I don't
0: know. Wasn't I mean, like- Listen. Listen, I, I, I said it that night. I said, right now, everybody under the age of 25 is on Google looking up what is G.I. Jane. Because nobody... I'm sorry. Nobody who's not our age knows what that movie is. Sure, or at least they did. I don't,
1: think, you know, I don't think the joke was one that good. But, yeah, two, yeah. I really don't find it that offensive. Now, granted, she has alopecia. And yes, she has a hair condition. And I am totally i get that and if chris rock was making the joke because of that and he knew about her condition then that is poor taste on him because you're literally making some of somebody's medical condition but if he had no idea and just thought she he, she shaved her head for the award show or whatever or for the dress or whatever for the look and made the joke then i really can't fault him for the joke that really wasn't that funny but it really wasn't in that poor a taste either in my opinion, now, like I said, it all depends on if he knew about her medical condition or not. If he knew mm. about it; it's in four days. If he didn't know about it, I, I think it's it's kind of a lame joke he came up with for an award show that I would kind of expect.
2: Dave, what do you say? I mean, that that is the kind of interesting question that he you know beforehand about what she had because it's like there's only so many you know lines that they can write. To be prepared for the show, a lot of what they come up with, they come up with during the show. Like they only have so many set lines because part of what they do is make fun of the people that are there, and maybe what they're wearing, or you know things like that. So, I, I mean, I, I it'd be interesting to know whether he actually knew about it or not. But when it's all said and done, I, I mean, the 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 memes are quite hysterical, but. I've heard plenty of conversations about it at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, we don't have to go too deep into this, but after he gets hit and after Will Smith screams at him and he, you see the reaction, he goes, I could – you know what he's thinking because we all were thinking it. He could have said something about the fact that you're hitting me. Did you hit the guy who – was hooking up with your wife that she admitted he to said the a thing.
1: million things, and yeah, edited himself because he realized that the moment was bigger than him and he had to stop himself. He was, to be honest, well, poor Taster down with the joke, he was actually the adult in the room there. He was actually, yeah, he was that took it, said, so, Okay, all right, keep it moving, and kept the show moving the show could have went off the rails hard if he goes diving back into the stands or they go into fistic. It really could have got real ugly. And it's because of Chris Rock and him, his ability to like really compose himself in that moment that the show continued to go on. So yeah, that's all I really got to say. I mean, uh, it's just captivated the world. So I figured why not bring it up here?
0: I, and the funniest part of the whole thing is the guy who's trying to calm the audience down after the whole thing is Sean Puffy Combs. That's the guy trying to calm everybody down and talking about we'll have dinner over Gold Star, whatever it was. We're all family here. It's fine. When, when this is what the world has come to, where Sean Puffy Combs is the guy trying to calm the room down and get back to normalcy. Just go ahead and say the whole world is fucked.
1: Just go ahead and say it, Dave. I've been saying it since twenty twenty.
0: <laughs> I don't know about Puffy. If you had called that one, I, then you really get to call yourself Nostradamus.
1: No, I wanna. I don't wanna call myself anything. Well, you know, well, I wanna get into. We. I don't wanna. You know, take. A I don't know. Way. I was I'm just. Gonna...
0: I was. I was just gonna give Dave a closing thought on that. Um, uh, Tom, on okay. Go, go ahead, Eric.
1: But there's something I saw today that it bothers me on, and I'm going to say it's a football thing. So we're going to go back into sports here, get away from the entertainment. Well, I know, what, I
0: know what you're going to bring up, but go ahead.
1: It's, it's a new rule change to the overtime, where now both teams in the postseason only, not the regular season, but in the postseason, are, each team is going to be able to get a possession, regardless of if the first team who gets it scores a touchdown. They're doing this in the name of fairness. Bullshit. They're doing it because a couple teams are crying because, well, we didn't win the coin, and we didn't get a chance, and our great quarterback didn't get to touch the ball, and if we would have got a chance, we would win the game. And man, I mean, come on. Stop it. And to me, this is just the first step in them going towards the college overtime. Because if you're going to guarantee two teams possessions, right, you're going to guarantee one team gets a possession, guarantee another team gets a possession, right? There's only 10 minutes in overtime. So if the first team takes up eight minutes in their drive or seven minutes driving down the field, it only leaves the other team two and a half minutes, and now they're in crunch time. They're going to cry later and go, well, well, we didn't have the same amount of time, and they got the ball for this amount of time, but then we got the ball, and we only have this amount, and so we didn't have the same amount of time to score. And pretty much, they're going to get rid of the clock, and we're going to go to college rules and OT. And if that's what they want to do, just rip the band-aid off and do it already. But I don't think that's the way the NFL should be played. I got to be honest. I think it's okay for college, and maybe it's what they want to do in college, but I don't need to see that in the pros. I'm good at oh, that. I don't need to see 70-point games where guy where both teams are scoring back and forth and overtime never ends. I get it. It's exciting. But at the same time, I don't need it. I'm good with the overtime as is. If you didn't win in regulation, shame on you. If the other team gets the ball, scores a touchdown, shame on you. We already changed that rule once because you – crybaby pansies cried about a freaking losing The other team took the field goal and now we didn't get a chance to touch the ball. Man. You know, I'm tired of this bullshit. I mean, everything is about the offenses. Why can't our team get the ball? Why can't we score points the way they score points? Man, 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 I'm tired of it. It's, it's a bullshit uh, change to overtime that just leads to more changes. This is the first in a series of changes where I'm telling you in the next five to ten years, the NFL is going to be doing college overtime.
0: Dave, what do you say?
2: I mean, honestly, I think my first thought is, Eric, I I don't understand why you're holding back so much. Uh, No, in in all seriousness, I hate it. I don't like it at all. (laughs) I'd rather have gone back to the original overtime rules than make this switch. Um. I think the best alternative I heard somebody say is some caller in uh, that called into the Michael K show, and he was talking about instead of having it be that you do a new kickoff if the game is tied at the end of regulation, just go into overtime like a new quarter, have them switch switch sides of the field, keep the possession going wherever it's at, and. Let the whole 10 minutes just play out, and wherever you're at, you're at. You get 10 more minutes, and if you can't win the game at that point, you just do it over again. This way nobody can complain. You get 10 minutes. Do what you got to do.
0: I mean, me personally, you look at basketball, if they have overtime, it doesn't matter if it's regular season or postseason. You play until there's a winner. If If it's baseball, you play until there's a winner. Sixteen innings, ten innings doesn't matter. We're not going to talk about the ghost runner. Doesn't matter if there's three OT quarters in basketball. We're going to have a winner. I, I don't. I never understood why the NFL felt the need to differentiate itself in that category and put it like this, where it's the first team that scores wins. I mean, I get that that's always kind of been the way that the NFL overtime was, but I just, I. I, I I don't understand why you feel the need to be different in this category. This change here, I don't know. There was a proposal on the table before they accepted this proposal that each team would have the chance to have possession unless the first team scored a touchdown and a two-point conversion. And if they got that, that was it. It was over. And I was fine with something like that. We didn't even really talk too much about the outcry over the overtime rule after that Buffalo KC game. We kind of mentioned it then, and we we never really talked about it again because I don't think any of us had a problem with the way the rule was before. In the playoffs, I get that you may want to do something a little different just to make it seem like each team, there's a level of fairness here, and it shouldn't just be decided by a coin toss and everything. The idea of just picking it up and starting where you left off, I'm I'm good with that one. Uh, Eric, I would need to be reminded on the college rules again, just because I'm still a little hazy on that one. I think I got, it. I'm not 100% on it.
1: You college rules: seem- They started at the 25, no clock, and you got you got to score. You know, and if you score, whatever you score, whether a touchdown or field goal, the other team then gets the ball in 25. They do the same. Now, it's their, their opponent's 25, not their own 25. So, they only have to drive 25 yards yeah, yeah. to score. So, it's like you can kick a field goal, and then you could try to hold the other team to a field goal and try to go to double OT. But I believe it's after the second OT, you have to go for two. And then I think after now, it's like the – after that now, it's like you have to now just go for like two-point conversions back and forth after that. But I, I, if I
0: if I remember correctly what you said, because there was like a five or six uh, overtime in college earlier this year, it's not like a full period of OT. O- each OT is just
1: considered the one possession for each team, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, that's it. There's no clock whatsoever. There's there's no no need for a clock.
0: And honestly, I would be okay with
1: that. Truthfully, and I, 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 I don't even. To. This is a, they're, they're stepping into that. This is the first step. Like I said. And then the next thing you know, somebody's going to complain about the next thing, and then somebody's going to complain about the next thing, and then somebody's going to complain about the next thing. It's just what they do. It's, it's, and we're, and, we're and it seems to, to me... Is, you, five it's to ten, it's, it's going, it's going <laughs> to the college rules.
0: And it seems to me, based on what you said before, you'd be fine with it. You just don't want to wait for it. If that's what we're going to, just do it, right?
1: Rip the Band-Aid off and just be done with it. Done. I don't have
0: a problem with it. Don't, don't push your foot
1: around. I don't get it.
2: Right. Honestly... Honestly, my biggest problem with this whole thing is that like when you think about this, if what in week eighteen they flex a game, NBC Sunday night, primetime game, winner goes home, or winner goes to the playoffs, loser goes home. You're not you're not gonna use these same overtime rules, but that is technically a playoff game for those two teams. Yeah. So now it is the last year's overtime rules, but not the new rules for the teams that do make the playoffs. So, how's that fair? (laughs) I can't
0: argue with you. I mean, you are correct on that.
1: Like like I said, it's going to lead to more complaints and further changes in future years. This is step one. And this is how they, they feel like they're getting over on everybody. Like, oh, we'll change it slowly, and before they know it, it'll be you know changed. Rather than just doing it all at once and thinking we're not going to recognize the little changes that you're making to get to the other where you're trying to get to. Uh, I just they, I just ripped the band aid off and do it already. I, damn it! I can't argue that sentiment. Love a seventy-nine game. What'd you say?
2: The NFL would love like a seventy to sixty-nine game. They'd be in heaven.
0: I, depending on the teams, I wouldn't mind seeing that one. I
2: would. I love defense. <laughs> Nothing better I'm than part
1: of the it. game.
2: Yeah, like I love watching these, those guys wreck, wreak havoc in the backfield. and I mean, I prefer it to be when Dallas does it to other teams and it doesn't happen to Dallas. But in a game where I'm, I have no rooting interest, I just love seeing it.
1: I was at Giant Stadium when Strahan broke the sack record. I mean, I'm there for defense. I'm all about defense. Growing up, and even to this day, if you ask me who my favorite football player of all time is, I'm going to tell you Lawrence Taylor. Defense, baby. Defense. And that's coming from a giant Eli Manning fan, too. I love Eli. Eli Eli's number two on the list behind Taylor. Mm. But I'm going to take Taylor.
0: I'm not going to – listen. You guys like what you like? That's cool. Defense is great and everything. One of my favorite games that I've ever seen, and I've brought this one up on the show before, the Cowboys and Broncos in 2014, where the score ended at 51-48, I believe. And the Cowboys came from behind from three touchdowns down, and then, of course, Romo threw the interception with two minutes to go, and the Broncos kept a field goal. But that was a shootout. I like shootouts. Nothing wrong with a defensive battle. Good old fashioned shootouts where everybody's throwing fucking bombs down the field. I like that shit. That's good shit.
1: Yeah. Hey, Mike, Mike, if you love that shit, go watch Big 12 football. College football. Big 12. Just watch the the Big 12 conference. They play no defense and it's all offense. You get every game up there, team scoring 60 something, 70 something points. Nobody plays any defense. You'll love it. Big Twelve. That's like Baylor, um, Texas, and Oklahoma for a couple more years until they join the SEC. Yeah. Um,
0: what channels kind of are they Oklahoma on? State. Do they, they do they have them
1: on games on ESPN and games ABC? They play on ESPN. Hmm. There's also the Big Twelve Network, um, and there's plenty of ways you could stream any game you want now. But that's that's the conference you want to watch if you don't want to watch any defense. I didn't say didn't either. watch. I, I just want to clarify. See it, shootouts. It. Go watch that conference. I'm just saying if you want to see shootouts. No, that's go watch fair. That conference. that's fair. That's fair. I just want to. Cl- you want to see big farm boys going at it? You go watch the Big Ten or you go watch the SEC. <laughs> you know. You I just see? I
0: just want to clarify. I didn't say I don't like defense. I just said I like a shootout.
2: Eric sounds like an NCAA drug dealer right now. He's he like, kind of does. <laughs> I what got what boys? you need. You want no defense? You want big country farm boys? <laughs> what do you want? What do you want off for you? I got it all. <laughs> Five. <Fine>. Oh, <laughs>
0: open it. Open up his jacket. You just see brochures. Here you go. Right here. I got everything.
1: I got multiple <laughs> networks for you, bro. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, uh,
0: we got the big farm boys. Uh, that's 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 the line of the show right there. We ain't going to do better than that. But uh,
2: That rule is a horrible rule change, and they need they need to uh, – uh, I, I don't know. I'd rather just go back to sudden death overtime. First team that scores once.
1: I'm with you. Fair do. enough. I, I had that reverse, it, reverse course. Just go back that way. I think it's the most fair way. Whoever wins the coin toss, the other team, strap up your boots and play some defense. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you got to do.
0: Fair enough. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like there was stuff. To, I mean, moving off this, it it's been a few days, obviously, since it happened. But the Tyreek Hill trade did happen this week, since the last time we were on the air. They uh, Miami gave up a whole lot to get him. He gave they gave up a Not first really, second, and, a There's first second and fourth round pick this year, and then a fourth and a sixth round pick next year.
1: That's that's a lot they got for like the Laramie Tunsil trade, though. So, like, really, what they turned Laramie Tunsil into was Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill and a pick. Believe it or not, they still made out after. the oh, Tyreek I'm not. Hill trade.
0: I'm not saying they didn't. I, I mean, truthfully, when we, when you put it like that, I I'm not going to pretend I do that. I'm not saying they didn't make out because this is going to hurt Kansas City, in my opinion. That's still a, a lot of picks to give up for a DK
1: Met, DK Metcalf or something else. I hear that they're out there trying to think about who may else be out, who, who may well be out there. And uh, Metcalf's a guy I've seen some rumors about, because if they're trying to rebuild no Russell Wilson, you know, we got drew Locke playing QB right now. What the hell is the point in having a DK Metcalf there? So, and he's a guy who's going to be looking to get paid. So, I'm, I'm hearing teams like Kansas City, the Jets would be smart to test the waters on that. Um, really, anybody looking to upgrade uh, at the wide receiver position right now should be at least making that phone call to Seattle um, to see what it would take. Because I think that that could be a good piece. And listen, if you tell me you lose Tyreek Hill, but you gain back a back half, uh, Juju Schuster, and a uh, Valdez Scantling, and I'm going to go, you know what? They kind of even each other out.
0: Well, I'm going to be honest. You can say what you want. I might be out there. I think that Valdez Scantling going to Kansas City, I think that's pretty interesting. I'm not a Juju Smith-Schuster guy, but I, I think Valdez Scantling, I think he's got something there. And I think in that offense, nah. he could actually be pretty I, – I, I okay, I'll be crazy, but I, I think they got something with that. Dave, what do you say?
2: Uh, I mean, look, the trade as a whole kind of surprised me. But then when you realize what he was getting paid in to Mahomes, I really was no longer surprised there. Um, I definitely think making a move like a Metcalf would be great. I really – the biggest thought I had this entire time, and, you know, I think it's – Miami's doing everything they can to – give Tua a chance to truly be a successful quarterback and setting themselves up that they know if after this year, they don't believe he's the guy. Like Eric mentioned last week, there's some quarterbacks coming out this year or not this year, but next draft. So after this coming season that, you know, really have some potential in them and, you know, they they know that they can move on from there with Tua. So I think this is an all, you know, eggs in the basket. Let's see what we got with this guy, give him the talent that he needs to, they signed some offensive linemen. They added Raheem Mostert the running back. So they, they've made some moves. Um, and I think you're going to be in a position where, you know, that offensive coordinator from San Francisco that's now their head coach, he's got a lot of toys to play with and an opportunity to set up, Tua to be successful. And I think that's the game plan going into this situation is let's give Tua what he needs, see what he can do. And if he can't do what we need him to do, we'll, look, we'll start looking at some of the guys that are, are coming out a, of next year's draft.
0: Yeah, this is definitely a make it a break of the year for Tua. With the talent they have around him now, there's no excuse anymore. If he if he can't put up this year, that's that's probably going to be it for him. That's what I'd say.
1: Again, say he puts up, say they go 11 and 6, either win the division or come close to a wild card spot. Everybody knows the AFC is stacked though. So, I mean, I I can't say it's Super Bowl or bust for Tua because if he gets beat by by Kansas City or he gets beat by, you know, any one of these other good teams, I got to be honest, I I can't fault him for that necessarily. So, uh, I'm not going to judge the season on Super Bowl or bust. But, again, I agree that they're putting the weapons around him where he needs to have a successful season. Otherwise, they're going to be changing course.
0: Listen. The idea, we all know if you don't win a Super Bowl, it's back to the drawing board, but I think we all agree there's different degrees of what is considered a successful season for teams. And I think if Miami can get an 11-6 season, Eric, you said it, the, the AFC is stacked. You had Miami to a mix where you got Buffalo and New England. You got Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, uh, Baltimore. Who knows what's going to happen with the Deshaun Watson situation in Cleveland if they're going to be in it. Denver, possibly. What'd you say?
1: Denver. Oakland, I didn't even I, I did mean, not I
0: didn't even get there yet. Didn't even get there yet. Yeah. No, but yeah, no, that you're right. Kansas City, Las Vegas, uh, Chargers, Denver, uh, Indy, Tennessee. I mean, basically every team who's not the Jets, Texans, and Jaguars is technically in it and has a good shot in the AFC. So yeah, there's I a lot of go ahead. Definitely
2: Think it's Super Bowl or bust. I just think it's don't be the reason we lose games. Be the reason we win a couple games. Yes, yes, that we can be proud.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Because in that conference, somebody's coming out the loser. Somebody's not going to the playoffs in the, in that mix. But uh, Dave, I can't say it better than what you just said. Don't lose games. Get get your feet under you. Use the weapons you have keep us competitive. I don't think 10 or 11 wins wins is out of the realm of possibilities for them. And if they get that, that's a successful season. Eric.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're on the same page.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, Does anybody have anything else football wise?
1: That's all I got for you.
0: Yeah. Dave.
1: Uh, I think that's it, man.
0: Cool. Eric, you don't want to talk about your Giants at all? That's no, a... they
1: suck. No, oh, yeah. they, they suck. The GM has already come out and said, oh, geez, you know, we got a lot of cap stuff to work through, and, you know, we're doing the best we can with what we have to work with. He, he knew it was a shitty situation he was coming into. Dable saying the same thing. I mean, they're just making excuses right now for, for shit. Now, granted, I know the cap, you know, thing they inherited, they didn't create themselves, but at the same time, you knew what you were getting into. And yet they keep just adding bottom feeder talent to this team. Uh, I expect nothing but hot trash and garbage next year. I was actually talking in a different group chat today with some buddies. Uh, they all agreed to. As a matter of fact, my one buddy sent this. Let me see if I can get it up here. Give me one second. Um, so here's the report. Um... Shine, uh, giant salary cap restraints make free agency hard to operate. That's from the GM. Okay. Then the coach, Dabble understood what he was getting into. Like, doesn't sound like they're like, oh, man, no, we're turning this ship around. It sounds like, ah, oh, hey, guys, well, we're still dealing with shit, and it's going to be shit for a while, so expect some shit coming your way. It's kind of what it sounds like. So I'm not anticipating a very good season upcoming. Um, I'm hoping they might as well just tank it, get a good pick, and try to get one of those QBs coming out next year. Because Daniel Jones sucks, and I do not want to see the Giants give him a second contract. What so do you I, think about,
2: Go ahead. All right, Mike. But I think the two biggest questions with the Giants, and I'll ask this and I'll give my two cents really quick. Um, but I think the two biggest questions with the Giants are – Do you try and trade Saquon and get what value you can for him? And do you give Daniel Jones his fifth-year option? And I don't think you give Jones his fifth-year option. And I do think if you can get anything around a a mid-third-round pick or better for Saquon, I would take it. So that's really kind of the thought or the question and my two cents when it comes down to it.
1: I mean, you're Um, you're, – go ahead. I would say that I don't pick up Daniel Jones' fifth year option at all. I mean, to think about it, it's not even a thought. Um, <laughs> and as far as trading Saquon, I got to agree with you. I just think too many teams are going to try to lowball the Giants, thinking, all oh, the Giants are going to dump them just to get anything they can. I really hope they don't just dump them to get anything they can. I hope they don't Amari Cooper them um thanks for that because i'll say this like at worst he's going to be a seven million dollar cap hit to the giants this year that's not that bad for a running back uh especially a starting running back i mean i believe zeke's making twice that so if you had to keep if you had to keep saquon for another year i don't believe that seven million dollar price tag is going to scare you off so that's why i don't think it's it's a must trade for the giants. And if they can't get that at least high mid to high third round pick or a second round pick for them, I don't, I don't pull the trigger. I don't even entertain it. If they're not starting the conversation with that, I'm not, I'm not even entertaining. it. I mean,
0: the Daniel Jones thing, I get that makes sense. The Saquon Barkley. I mean, you're already in a rebuild mode. You already have two first round picks this year. Yeah. If you can get a third round pick for him or, Maybe, maybe you try to get a third-round pick this year and next year for him. I think you have to do that because you already know this is going to be a rebuild year. Especially Eric, with yeah, those with it, those comments you gave. What? Why would you? What? Why? Why keep him? Like, I do what you can him, to get him. I keep
1: him because he's better. He's be, He's the devil you know rather than the devil you don't know. So yeah, he, but you know what you're going to get with Saquon. You know his ceiling. You know his floor. You know what I get that. Get? I, what, sure. what I'm saying is, is you might be able in a world where if he can't stay healthy again, nobody out there is going to give him a big contract. So he may be able to stay with the Giants on a deal that may not cost them an arm and a leg, depending mm. on how this year goes. But at the same time, like I've told you guys, I'll you know, beat it. Don't beat this mantra till, you know, as long as we're doing this show. The picks are only worth it if you know what you're doing with them. The picks are worthless to a team like the Jets. The picks are worthless to the Cleveland Browns. The picks are worthless to teams because they don't know the Jaguars. They don't know how to use them. Like, it's just the Bears. Like, they just don't know how to use picks wisely. I I, I got to be honest. So, to me, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, well, I don't know. If I, I, maybe a stockpile of the picks just to see what uh Dable and those guys could do this year with them and maybe see what kind of mind they come in up with. But at the same time, I don't know. And at least I know what I'm getting with Saquon. And I don't know if I need those extra picks. Those well, what picks about, I don't well, know if well, they're really gonna turn into anything. What so. about
0: the what about this too? Because you you've been talking about the quarterbacks coming out in next year's draft class. If the Giants have a high draft pick, conceivably they could get in one of those. What's the point of keeping Barkley then, if you kind of want to go into this season and see what you can get in terms of taking the season for those high draft picks? I mean, yeah, I, yeah, unless I you're gonna... Sa-
1: i don't think Saquon's making or breaking a lot of wins for the Giants this year.
0: No. and it does go back to your point. It depends on who's making the picks. Go ahead, Dave.
1: No, I think I
2: think like like I was saying, if you get offered like no, actually I'll go back to how Eric said it. If somebody's not starting. With a third-round pick for Saquon, I won't even take the phone call. Yeah. yeah. Like I do. Because, like Eric also said, you know his ceiling, you know his floor. Well, his ceiling was over 2,000 yards and over 15 touchdowns in his rookie. Like, the kid can play football. He has yeah. had health issues. He's played behind a shitty offensive line. Like, the kid can play ball. So if you're not starting with at least a third round pick, I'm not taking your phone call. And if nobody's starting with that, I am happy to have him on my team for seven million. Because Eric, Zeke's making 18 million this year. Not just double what Saquon's making, but like 18 fucking million. So yeah. Like right now, if you ask me, Saquon Zeke based off salary and salary caps an issue. I would take Saquon because I'd rather save the 11 million and put it somewhere else. Mm. Maybe give it to Tony Pollard and let him start getting more reps. I don't know. But what do I know about football?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of with Dave on that one. I mean, all I know is if I have the option between re-signing the backups and keeping the number one wide receiver, I'm finding a way to keep the number one wide receiver and fuck the backups. So what, what do I know too? And I think Dave you're with me on that one too, right?
2: Uh 110,000%, my friend.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. With that, so we can move off of football here. Uh we'll, we'll bring up college basketball a little bit. We have our final four sets. Let's uh, just go, baby. Yeah, and I, I I can't remember which one of you guys brought it up. Dave was it you who brought it up? The fact that Duke and UNC have never faced off in an NCAA tournament before.
2: Uh yeah, eighty-two years of teams making the NCAA tournament, and um, yeah, Duke and North Carolina apparently have never played each other in the tournament. I don't know how that happens, but I guess most of the years they've been two of the best teams, so they're usually the one-two seed, and you're not going to see the one-two seed in the same conference from the same conference. No, same bracket. Bracken.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd want to know. Out of those eighty-two years, how many times we're in the in the same bracket or on the same side of the bracket yeah. to know how many times this was actually even possible to happen. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm a little surprised with this being the first time too, because uh, I was like, really, first time? But yeah, no, I guess so. Kind of a crazy way for Coach K to go out. Um, you know, <laughs> did lose to UNC at the end of the regular season or was that the uh, ACC tournament? No, it was, it, was,
0: it was the final home game in the regular season, if I'm yeah. not mistaken.
1: Yeah, final the, home game. Yeah. They didn't play each other in the ACC tournament, right? I... No. No. Um,
2: they both got knocked out like the second round.
1: No, the Duke went to
0: the finals. Yeah, Duke, Duke went to the finals, I think.
2: Out early. That's why yeah. North Carolina ended up with the ninth or eight seats. Okay, okay.
0: So we got that on the one side. UNC ended the uh, the darlings of the NCAA tournament's bid. They ended St. Peter's run.
1: Um, Peacocks for a couple days. <laughs> that, game,
2: early, that game was over early. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it if it was better or worse for St. Peter's how early it was over, but. It was
1: worse for for anybody watching because you knew it was over, and then it just wasn't worth watching anymore. Yeah. I was just hoping for a better game than that. Um, Granted, the second half, they played them pretty much even, but the first half, they got blown out of the water the first 15 minutes of the game. So it really uh, was unfortunate to see, but, yeah, it was was their downfall, and, uh, you know, UNC's been hot, so credit to them. And, you know, well, UNC-Duke game, to me, is the hardest game to pick. Kansas-Villanova is easy, but uh, Duke-UNC is hard.
0: Well, let me ask you guys something, though, because the St. Peter's run happens. It sucks that they go out by 20 points. I mean, as much as it was a, 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 a complete Cinderella story there to end it by 20 points, that sucks. The coach almost immediately leaves St. Peter's to go to Seton Hall. I get it's business, and you're trying to make yourself look good and on the bigger and better and everything, but think about what you just did with this program nobody ever heard of. What do you think you could have done if you came back and tried to run it back?
1: Yeah, but the thing is, is he's a Seton Hall alum, and I think that's what played into it. That's that's where he took, he took Seton Hall to the Sweet 16 in, in uh, two thousand. And' that's, that's where his heart, I think was. So see him jump ship and go there. I got to be honest. I, I was expecting it. I actually was talking to my dad about it too because it uh, just made sense that he'd probably jump ship and especially if they came calling uh, to try and go and do the same thing at his alma mater is probably uh, pretty high on his bucket list.
0: I get that. I still just kind of think it's it's kind of poor form to do it. Like the loss ain't even 24 hours old. And you're announcing you're going there. I mean, if that's where your heart is, all right, fine. But think about all the kids who just put blood, sweat, and tears on the line for you. And you helped get them farther than they ever dreamed they would have gotten at the beginning. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sentimental old fluff. Dave, what do you say? And that is a Groucho Marx line, by the way. Dave. Dave. <laughs> um thank you
2: yeah I mean look him going there like Eric said he's a Seton Hall alum and like you dream for that opportunity um I I never went to a big college I don't know what it's like to actually have that type of just connection and such a large amount of memories from a you know that experience in play these guys dream about this stuff so I, I can't hate on them for taking advantage you know yeah, like they say, strike while the iron is hot. Like that—that that dude's name was never going to get any bigger than it was after this tournament, and he had to take advantage of it while he could. I mean, he also still kind of stays local. Yeah, the trans kids can transfer. Like, I'm sure there's some kids at that at Saint uh, Peter's. He's talking. He's talking to the, you know, the director of uh, the athletic program, saying, "Hey, we got to offer these kids scholarships." Like, I, I'm sure he's doing what he needs to do to try and take care of a couple of the kids, but. When it's all said and done, they develop a bond with these guys. But out, once you get past high not even high school, I mean, once you get past basically you know, your, your peewee league and things like that, sports is a business. And you, the sooner you learn it, the better off you are. Yeah. It yeah. sucks. I'm not yeah. saying I'm, I love it. I, it sucks. But it, it is just the reality of, of the situation.
0: No, I get it, and I said the whole time I get it, but I'm still going to stand by what I said on that. But uh, I, in the end, this is this is the world we live in: bigger, better, onward, upward, and all that shit.
1: So As I, I usually that. say, nothing stops the shield, and it's just nothing stops sports, like you said, David's business, and that's uh, well, sort of I, it comes down to, to money. Eric, let, let, let's—I was going
0: to say—let's truthfully paraphrase here: nothing stops the green. Sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. All right so if we want to make some picks for the final four here, let's do it real quick I'm gonna be honest I wrote down what everybody did last week. I didn't add anything up
1: I'm nah, just pretty,
0: yeah no nah, I didn't think anybody would care on that. I was right on Houston um what we all picked St Paul to win Dave picked Dave and Eric both picked Kansas. I picked Miami you guys we all picked uh North Carolina. Uh, Dave got uh, Villanova right, and none of us got that Gonzaga game right.
2: No, nobody got that Gonzaga.
0: Game. <laughs> no, <laughs> man, Gonzaga. You want to talk about it? I, I, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like for the last 20 years, Gonzaga always a bridesmaid, never a bride. It is I, I
1: the way it out. goes for them.
2: Yeah, I hate. I hate to admit that I saw it put this way, but it, it's. It's too accurate not to repeat on the show. Gonzaga is the Dallas Cowboys college basketball.
0: I uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Unfortunately, I can I can see that. I can yeah. see that.
2: It's it's sad, but it's it's very understandable.
0: Yeah. I mean, until I mean they've all won championships the last three years, but before that. You could have put Washington, Los Angeles, and Atlanta from baseball in there. But like I said, they all won championships in the last three years. So you can't do that anymore.
2: I mean, I don't know if you had this plan to bring up, but while we're on basketball, your Knicks beat the Bulls last night to win their fifth in a row. And they're actually only like a game and a half or half a game out of the play-in tournament. Meanwhile, Chicago a month ago was tied for the one. No, wow, that,
1: that, the, the other day I looked and they were like five. The other day I looked and they were like five out though. Yeah, so, didn't wow, I just it, game and a half out? Didn't I they just won, see something? And the, uh,
0: didn't I just see something that Julius Randle is like about to demand a trade or something?
2: There are no trades at this point of the season.
0: Well, yeah, no, but I, I guess that would be for the off season. I'm okay with that. Eh. He didn't do anything I'm to okay. endure himself this year.
2: I'm well, the Knicks are behind the Hawks by four and a half, but they've won five in a row, making trying to make a push. Meanwhile, Chicago's dropped from being tied with Miami for the one seed to four and a half back from Miami and three and a half back from the two, three or four seeds.
1: What happened to you guys? They went, oh, they, by the way, 0 and 16, right? I think I sent that set yep. out to you. They're yep. 0 16 this year. Between the Heat,
2: Sixers, and Bucks, they're 0 16. Jesus no, Christ. Top four seeds. The Celtics, too. Mm. Sixers, Celtics, they're 0 and 16. You know
0: what we didn't bring up? Change the subject. The um, The mayor of New York City changed his mind and decided to give unvaccinated players the exemption that they probably should have gotten three months ago in that sham of a press conference on Thursday. So Kyrie got to play it was on Thursday.
1: Do sports-driven, thir- though? Do you think oh, it cool. was because of the Mets and the Yankees?
0: Uh, I think Cohen opened up the wallet. He gave like a $1.5 million contribution or something.
2: Hey, Eric, don't forget the mayor of New and York. Talks. Up, the mayor of New York's up for election in November. So, yeah, yeah, he made that. The, the sports teams had an influence.
1: Hold on, wait, I, I thought he just got elected, Eric Adams. He got elected this past November.
2: No, no. He got, oh, no, that was the governor he, uh, that got replaced.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think Eric's right. I don't think Eric Adams is up for election this year. He probably won it this past year.
2: And then it's the governor.
1: I know there's a Right, election. right. Governor, yeah, the governor, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, who I'm seeing commercials for him on YouTube for some reason. So, yeah, good job there. Nobody's voting for you. Don't be planning algorithms, to run for president. Algorithms,
1: Mike. Algorithms. They're I, listening to us. Apparently. Big brother's watching us
0: right now. Let me just say this. I think the way I, – I, we're not getting off track here, but I was listening to that press conference. I was in my car listening to that press conference. You just came out on, set on Monday and said, we're going to listen to the science. We're going to do this shit smart. We're not going to give sports teams the ability to jump the line. And then four days later, you decide, we need to reopen our economy. We need to do this. We need to do this. We need to let the sports guys play. We need to institute fairness. You lying motherfucker. You lying motherfucker. Good job pissing off everybody else in your fucking boroughs. Idiots. Sorry.
1: Because it doesn't go for healthcare workers or like federal workers, right? It's only for like no it's the private sector.
0: No, it's only for entertainment. So like theaters even
1: worse. Yeah. it's,
0: It's only for entertainment because that has to drive the economy. Now he's not wrong in what he said. But, he, you know, you've been fighting this battle for three fucking months now. If you just didn't do this in the first place and gave them the exception right off the jump, people would still be pissed, but it wouldn't be the way it was after you gave that press conference and made it look like you just stuck your ass up in the air for the sports and entertainment eat. Yep. Dave, you want to chime in? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to go off this way, but. Go ahead. no. You,
2: you can definitely blatantly tell you're from New York, though.
0: <laughs> I, I I am. I am. Never. I I David cousin David is the city person. He lives in Queens. I live in Orange County. I'm nowhere near the city, but uh, I was born in Brooklyn. God damn it.
1: Ain't mad at you, Mike. Ain't mad at Thank you, you, you at all. Um. But yeah, I'm not mad at Cohen for opening his wallet either. You're better welcome. Takes. You're welcome. Done. We're all
2: better off being able to like being able to watch Kyrie Irving and Durant play together. So, mm. like, when it's really all said and done, like, taking politics out of the equation, I don't give a shit. I'm happy to just be able to see the two of them play together. And honestly, it just it, – it'll make the East extremely – like, the, East, the Eastern Conference in the NBA is like the AFC in the NFL right now. Like, the Eastern Conference definitely has – and the worst part is – not the worst part, because I would love to see Paul finally get his NBA ring. (coughs) I can't imagine Phoenix isn't the favorite. They should be able to run through the West, not, you know, sweep everybody, but should be able to run through the West. And they're going to be a more rested and and prepared team than whoever comes out of the East, even though the East will be much more battle tested. So it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how how that unfolds. But. I heard I was listening to some, uh, whatever some sports talk show in the morning on my ride to work and they were talking about how really until until Milwaukee's knocked out, Milwaukee is going to be my favorite in the East and I can't argue with that. I just really mm. can't. I
0: was, I'm gonna say it right now. Phoenix is probably the favorite in the Western Conference, but if Golden State ever gets back up to full health, what what the replacements have gained in terms of game experience, and now you take those guys and you make them role players off the bench, and you have Curry, Clay, and Draymond hopefully all healthy, if that's able to happen, that's the team that gives the Suns a run for their money. I'm not saying they win. I'm just saying this could be the year we see the Warriors come back to being as dangerous as they once were.
2: That's the problem. This is the third year in a row we're saying that about the Warriors.
1: I mean, last year, they weren't even on the map, though. We'll say it it? for as long as those three are together. Yeah. They're dangerous. Yeah, but it was either
0: last year or the bubble year. They weren't even in the conversation because Clay and Curry were out for the whole season. So it's been a while, I know, and Eric's right on that one. But this is the year where it looks like it could actually happen.
2: Hey, uh, I'm... I'm cool with seeing Golden State being 100% healthy. It just means more entertainment. But after three years of saying that, it's kind of hard to see it until it happens.
0: I get that. I get that. I understand that. All right, do we want to do these college basketball picks?
1: Uh, I'll just throw mine out at you. I'm going to pick Duke and uh, try to see if Krzyzewski can go for a championship. But I'm also going to take Kansas. Kansas looks too dominant. Villanova. Didn't look good at all. That Villanova Houston game kind of sucked, to be honest. It was a really shitty kind of like very low scoring. And granted, I know we talked about defense before. This wasn't defense. This was just shitty play. Um mm. 50 to 44 game, not impressive. And uh so because of that, Kansas did look impressive. I'm gonna take Kansas against Duke. And I'm going to just throw it out there because why not Cinderella story? Duke wins and Coach K rides off into the sunset on another championship.
0: Okay, so you got Duke in Kansas and Duke taking the national championship. Um, and I put that under Dave's column for some reason. And I have a sneaking suspicion Dave is not going to have that.
2: I mean, there's only um, one change to one game.
0: I wonder which one it is.
2: Yeah, I, I'm gonna take UNC. Um,
1: Shocker
2: is like honestly, like if I didn't root for UNC, I would take Duke. I think those players are trying to do something special for him. Um, so I think that's you know, I, I you know, if I'm a bet, if I was betting money, I probably actually would bet on Duke. But I'm taking UNC to win. Uh, I'm gonna take Kansas to win, and then I think Kansas wins the actual championship.
0: All right, we're all going to have different national champions here. Nice. So I'm, yep, I'm going to pick Duke. I do think Coach K is pissed that UNC embarrassed him on his home court, and then he embarrassed himself afterwards. So I think he's going to he's going to make it even uh, and, and beat UNC. I'm taking Villanova, though. Uh, I'm not gonna lie; I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I have no reason to doubt what Eric just said on that. But I, between those two schools. When in doubt, I go with who the head coach is. Jay Wright's been here before. Jay Wright, we talked about who the legendary coaches are that's left. Jay Wright may not be a legendary coach, but damn it, what he's done with Villanova in the last 10 years. I'll give him some credit there. Matter of fact, I'll give him so much credit, I'm going to say Villanova wins the national championship.
2: Nice. No, always fun when there's on, oh,
1: no But who'd you pick on the other side, Duke or UNC? No, I picked Duke. I picked Duke. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. I said Coach K is pissed off that he got embarrassed by UNC yeah, on his yeah, home yeah. court. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So there we go. There's that. All right. Do we have anything else sports wise we want to bring up tonight?
1: Um can't think of anything really crazy in the golf world, tennis world, any kind of other extreme world that's happened.
0: I mean, besides uh, the fact that three extreme athletes introduced the James Bond package for some reason, you know what, you watched the, watch the Oscars. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I wasn't paying that close attention. Fair enough.
1: <laughs> I, I, I only
0: heard about it on Twitter, so it's not like Did I was you watching it.: The Did
1: you... amount of memes I was sending. Do you think
0: I was paying that close attention? Well, supposedly this one happened before the Will Smith thing.
1: I know, but I was still looking for memes. It just weren't all well
0: right. Finished. All right. Yeah, and yes, Eric, I got at every point.
2: At that point, he was still arguing with Janice to watch something else.
0: That's fair.
2: <laughs> That's
0: fair. And yes, I Eric, I got every goddamn one of your memes. I looked. At, I looked at the kid I work with, and I was just like, Eric's gonna have a fucking seizure. He's sending so many of these goddamn things. He can't get them out fast enough. You sent like thirty in like five minutes Monday morning.
1: Uh, no, yeah. sometimes I find them real late at night and it will be like after anytime time, like after 11, I feel bad texting a group chat or texting yeah. anybody really in general because people could be sleeping and stuff. I ain't trying to really have you wake up and look at a meme. But meanwhile, you know, if it gets to be 930 in the morning and I got a free minute while I'm sitting at my desk and I can fire some off that I found from the night before, <laughs> you know, you may get a blast of a whole bunch of memes in a row.
2: Eric wakes up like a kid on Christmas when they're all stored up like that. He's like, I can't wait to be there.
1: You have no idea. When that happened last night, I said to Janice, I was like, I can't wait for the memes. She was like, I bet you can't. And I was like, and I literally kept like refreshing, like waiting for the first meme to show
0: up. Ah. <laughs> uh. Um, yeah. All anyway. right. So I guess I guess that means you're good on sports, Dave. Do you have anything else sports wise to say?
2: No, I'm good, my man. All
0: right. Hockey. I gotta cu-
1: Anybody got anything hockey? I feel bad, no hockey, but Rangers still playing well. I know we're getting closer and closer to playoffs, so um, yeah, that, that's all I got. But I mean, well, let's start watching some hockey. Maybe get into the hockey playoffs. So at least we can talk a little hockey once it gets playoff time. Throw that out. Yes.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at, at least
1: follow it on like uh, on like online or something. Even if you don't watch the game, I'm like, just looking just at like,
0: I'm just looking at the devil's record. Yeah, I'm just looking at the devil's record right here. That is bad.
1: Yeah, it's not good.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's right. not
0: good. Fair enough. So I got a couple things off sports to bring up real quick because Eric, it sucks you weren't able to use what Dave sent us last week in the group chat. It really does. I, I got to tell you. Do you guys, do either of you guys watch Peaky Blinders? No. No, Dave?
2: I've seen a couple episodes of it.
0: <laughs> what do you think?
2: It's stupid. It's like stupid funny. I, I feel like you got to be in a, a specific mood for it.
0: What do you mean, stupid funny? Peaky, oh, Peaky, Blinders?
2: Peaky Blinders? Oh, sorry. I was thinking of something else. No, I never watched Peaky Blinders.
0: <laughs> I'd be curious to know what you thought I said. Um, basically. Peaky Blinders is The Sopranos meets Sons of Anarchy set in the 1920s and 30s in Britain. It is awesome. It is a fantastic show. Killian Murphy, who was Scarecrow in the Christopher Nolan-directed Batman movies, is the main character. Tommy Shelby, he is so goddamn good. And, Dave, because of you, I got to watch the sixth season before it comes on to Netflix this summer, the series finale is this Sunday, it's on the BBC. We get it in Netflix, on Netflix after the seasons go off the air, and I have got to wait as a result of it, so I got to see the first five episodes. That is a really good show. Dave, I know you didn't watch Sopranos. You did watch Sons of Anarchy. Eric, you watched both of them. Guess what? There's no Clay Morrow figure in this. It's basically, Tommy Shelby is a little like Jax, if I'm being honest. But again, there's no Clay Morrow here, so you ain't got to worry about that. Okay. Yeah. Really good show, though. Really good show. Though. I highly recommend it. Let me ask you guys a question. Does anybody care that Mo- Morbius is coming out this week?
1: Uh, no, especially yeah. after like what I've heard and about it mm. recently. Now I could care even less. Yeah. Dave? No.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it, but I'll watch it when I can stream it.
1: Mm. Exactly. Yeah, that'll be that's in the same way. I
0: do want to get to the theater to see it this week, but Eric, I'm with you. Like, I'm staying away from the spoilers because there's a few of them out there already. I'm staying away from it. Yeah, I haven't heard anything good yet, so I'm a little nervous about it. I
1: haven't heard anything too spoily other than the fact of what they've pulled out of it. Like, apparently they've pulled, or from what I've heard anyway, a lot of the Spider-Man ties out of it. they pulled a lot of different things out of it, and, like... Hmm. I'm wondering why, why so many reshoots, like why so many, and this is a movie that was supposed to come out, how long ago, like a couple of years ago? So I don't know about, like I, I, I,
0: I, I think at least a year ago, I don't know, you might be right about two years ago, but that's also, I mean, pandemic.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but still, I just don't, I don't think that that, that helped this movie, I think if anything, the pandemic might have hurt this movie, and yeah, it's just not mm. a movie I'm really looking forward to. Plus, it's not a character I really know anything about. It's kind of like this Moon Knight show. The only thing that's gotten me into the Moon Knight show is the trailers have looked pretty good so far, and Marvel usually does a decent job with their stuff. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it a chance. I don't know shit about Moon Knight. Like, I'm not super stoked for it, going, oh, my God, I can't wait. Like it is moon- I'm like, yeah, I'm going to check it out, and I hope it's good. I'm, like, I'm glad I get streaming on Disney, and you know? I don't got to pay money for it. Like, outside of the Disney subscription, you know what I mean? Like, so, that Emily's happy about. But, yeah, I just don't uh, don't know much about him, so I don't really care as much about him. I think this is where, to me, especially with some of the Marvel stuff and whatever, until they get into more of the X-Men again, until they get into more of, like, Fantastic Four again, I don't know a lot of these B and C-list characters they got. Like, I don't really know a lot of... I don't know anything about Miss Marvel. I don't know anything about America Chavez. I don't know anything about a whole bunch of people I may be seeing really soon but I don't know why I'm seeing them I really don't know much anything at all about She-Hulk she's the Hulk's cousin I think or something or niece or something like I don't even not cousin cousin
0: cousin Cousin.
1: you know so I I I really um I, I I care less about Morbius at this point I just hope that when I do see it streaming it's good and the rest of this stuff like I said Marvel I'm gonna trust in it until it lets me down And DC, I think I'm actually looking forward to the DC stuff more than anything else. Um, I I heard Flash... I heard Flash... I haven't seen the Batman yet.
0: I uh, I heard Flash just got pushed back again. And then something happened with Ezra Miller this morning. Yeah. (laughs)
1: He got arrested again. Yeah, but I'm
0: saying like a week ago, I had heard that that movie got pushed back to like
1: next year. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So... That got uh, pushed back, and Shazam got moved up. Shazam got moved up from, like, June to December, and The Flash went back to, I think, that, like, June time slot or something. So, yeah, they kind of flip-flopped there. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, now They it... also moved Black Adam. They moved Black Adam, I think, to, like, October or November. Mm-hmm. Um, they moved uh, Aquaman. They moved a bunch of stuff, but I'm okay with that because I think a lot of that has to do with the uh, Warner merger
0: wouldn't be surprised wouldn't be surprised dave what do you say
2: i i mean look i'm looking forward to moon knight coming out um i I, i'm like eric i don't really know anything about these characters but they 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 have the one character that i haven't heard of that i didn't end up liking at least in some form or fashion um so i'm you know Looking forward to it. It'll be interesting. And I think when it's all said and done, you know, Marvel will find another way to get you hooked for the next ten years.
1: Early reactions from what I've seen are first episode of Moon Knight is gonna be awesome. It's gonna get everybody talking. It's gonna be it's gonna be the like best one then I hear two and three are a little like, all right. And then it's four that blows back up again. So that's what I've heard, because I know some people have been sent the first four episodes already. Yeah. Um, and apparently that was a surprise. Them, that's just what I've heard. Yeah, and <sighs> apparently that
0: was a surprise when they did that, because, like, most most studios don't release the first four episodes. I think it's only, like, two episodes they'll release or something like that. Yeah. I hope it's good. Listen, I, I my only thought... I get that now we're doing the characters that nobody really knows a lot. And I'm not going to pretend that I know a lot about these characters either. I think that to me, I'm kind of excited to see characters. I don't know a lot about, you know, and you listen, I, I've said my stance on X-Men. Yeah. I want them to do it, but I don't want them to do it before they can really do it. Right. Because I've seen the X-Men done so, so wrong for so long that if they're going to do it, you do it right or you don't do it at all. And the Xavier being in Doctor Strange, that's still going to make me nervous until I see how they do it, just because you you walked, you walked you had your Costanza moment. You had your Costanza moment with Logan. You walked away, and it was cool and everything. And I love Patrick Stewart and everything. But that's really the introduction we're going to have to the accent. Uh, all right, I'm not going to stand here and act like I'm not nervous about it. But I, I like I like new characters coming in because even the characters that we now know, Eric, you said this before, Dave. I think you said this before. Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Captain America. These were B and C level players before the movies came on. Guardians of the Galaxy was a D level uh, character.
1: Uh, I, I'll I'll disagree with you on a couple of the ones you mentioned. Like I think I think Hulk was pretty mainstream.
0: B player at best. If you want me to be honest, because again, I, got, I grew. I'll give you B. I'm not giving you higher than that,
1: though. I think yeah. Well, who's? I mean, outside of saying like X Men and Fantastic, who's more? Who's more A than the Hulk? Hulk's been no, no, no. no. Those been, in the nineties. No, but even the Hulk it was portrayed in the seventies by Ferrigno. You know what I mean? Like so. It, yeah, but I'm just saying, mainstream it, for a while.
0: I can give you that point, but in terms of looking at it from a comic book level perspective, especially in the 90s, and I've told you this before, in the 90s, you had the Spider-Man side of the Marvel Universe, you had the X-Men side of the Marvel Universe, and then you had everything else, and that includes Fantastic Four, but that's what most of these movies that we've seen were built off of, though, the 90s success of comic books. That's not, and that's true, that's fact. uh, I don't think so. I know it's true though. Look at the X-Men movies. They all got their that X-Men team that we saw was built off of the characters that were popular in the 90s. Same thing with Spider-Man. Venom, I think the Venom storyline was like the 80s or something like that. So you might have a point there. But a lot of what we saw Blade. Blade, the first the, the first real comic book movie of this whole thing in the late 90s. That's a character who didn't really get popular until the 90s. Ghost Rider was a popular uh, character who didn't get popular until the 90s. A lot of it is based on what went down in the 90s. Dave, I don't know if you have any thoughts here.
2: Look, when it's all said and done, A, B, C, D, E, F, G character, it doesn't matter. Give me a good show or give me a good movie and I'm going to be a fan. Try it the larger storyline and let me see. How you, like, I like. I'm good. I'm Marvel's formula. And like Eric said, if they let me down. I'm going to trust. So, I mean, the biggest letdown I've had with Marvel through all of these years with Whip because that movie should have came out after civil war and not have taken so damn long that movie. If that came out there in civil war would have made so much sense and been such a better fit that when it came out, just couldn't even appreciate it because it was like they basically just did it because they were like, yeah, we fucked up. We should have did this years ago.
0: Mm. I mean, my response to that will always be could have come out sooner, could have come out after Avengers, and I would have been fine with it. I think that was really striking when the iron's hot. But your point about it doesn't matter what level character it is as long as it's a good movie, that's the point I was trying to make at first too. Just because you don't know the characters, as long as the shit's good, you care about the character by the end of it.
1: So I just hope they don't keep overpowering people, too, because while they're every character Marvel is introduced is like more powerful than the next. And this guy, you know, and Captain Marvel is the most powerful. And now it's going to be, you know, whoever, you know, Miss Marvel is going to be the most powerful and that'll be, you know, they have some overpowering Uh, people. So I'm hoping uh, that Moon Knight is at one of the first times they start to like kind of not underpower, depower. No, just,
0: just dial power. it back a little bit. Just dial exactly. it back. Go, go ahead, Dave.
2: The good news for you is from what I've read, it sounds like basically um, Scarlet Witch is going to be the most powerful feature, figure in Marvel for the next, like she has four, she signed four more movies with them and a potential season two of WandaVision with a different spin to it. Hmm.
1: So what is that? I heard that I I heard like about a week or two ago that there was going to be no Wandavision season two. Is this more recent than the last, say, like two weeks ago?
2: No. Well, when he says he says potential, it probably just means. Oh, go ahead. I know four movies she signed up for. Four more movies. Okay. Doctor, uh, the next Doctor Strange does count as one of the four movies, but from my understanding and the things that I've read, they're basically painting her as the potential creator of the mutant race. No more yeah, mutants. House of M. Ha- House of House M. Of M yeah.
1: They're almost saying that we're set in a post M world right now, or post like... You know, I wouldn't be that, surprised uh, if that... <clears throat> like, and that, and that's why we haven't seen them or that... Maybe Professor X has been hiding them from everybody. Like, I don't know. There's been some different storylines that could play out. I, listen, <laughs> I like the character. I like Elizabeth Olsen. I hope she continues in the role. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, and I'm interested to see in, in what they do with her next. I mean, I think a season two of WandaVision would be interesting they can figure out a way to do it. I don't think they can, though, because I just think so many other things are popping off and going on that they may need her for that. uh, I don't think they're going to revisit a WandaVision, but I don't know, maybe, you never know.
0: I think they're only going to do it if it, if they have the right story for it. and I think that I, they're probably working on something, but they don't have any definitive. And, Dave, that's probably why you said a potential, because I'm sure they're in a let's just see where it goes. If we could come up with the right story, then we'll do it. I don't think we're in a House of M just yet. I think let's wait and see what Doctor Strange happens, and then maybe after that, Eric, what you were saying, maybe that comes true. House of M is a great comic book, by the well, way. I have the graphic novel.
2: Go ahead. Professor X is going to be in the new uh, Doctor Well, Strange. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's why. But that doesn't mean he's this universe's Doctor Strange. If we're opening up the multiverse, there's always a chance it's that universe's Professor X brought into this whole thing.
2: Oh, I know. And that's honestly, I think that's the one thing a lot. Like, a lot of people are like, well, where's Marvel going next? What are they going to do? Like, they've done like, Loki had its little teaser to it. You know, WandaVision had a little teaser to it. Um, uh, Winter, the Falcon and Winter Soldier had these little teasers to them. I think you're going to see the same thing from Moonlight, because that, se- that season will wrap <laughs> up before um, Doctor Strange comes out. I think Doctor Strange is basically going to be the equivalent of Iron Man 1.
1: Interesting. Like I- I think that movie is the it's one gonna that's gonna lead up it's all gonna lead up to Secret Wars or Battle World or whatever. It's gonna be one of those like type of storylines. Yeah. I
2: was never Maybe the biggest
1: Doctor Doom at some point probably getting introduced, whether that's in Black Panther Two or somewhere else. Um, I was know, ne- I, think...
0: I was never the biggest fan of that Secret Wars thing. Like the Secret Invasion with the scrolls taking over the world. I liked that one better than Secret Wars. I'm just going to well, be they're honest.
1: they're doing that. They're doing that as a TV yeah. show. They got a yeah, yeah, yeah. Clark just headlining that.
0: She, she might Beautiful. be Varenki, Varenki, the skull, the scroll king queen.
1: That's what they're saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're saying- I.
0: I want to throw in one last thing here. I said this a few weeks ago before the show. I just watched the last three episodes. Y'all need to check out that series winning time about the beginning of the Lakers dynasty. That is a good fucking show. Uh, John C. Riley is phenomenal as Jerry bus and the dude, they got to play magic Johnson. I'm telling you, he looks just like him. Anything.
2: I, I haven't seen an episode. Yeah.
1: It's on yeah. the radar, but I don't know if uh, I just don't care that much about the Lakers. I got to be honest. Mm. I, like, get... I, I, I get that there's some interesting storylines. I get that some some interesting things happened, you know, during that time. But to be honest, I just I don't care. Well, <laughs> here's here's
0: my thing because I I get that. I, depending on what it is, I like watching the historical sports miniseries stuff. It's the reason why, like, all right, I'm yeah, a Mets this fan. This isn't
1: bad, though. This is, this no, this
0: is Hollywoodized. Is. It's eyes, but it's still the same thing. And it's Adam McKay producing the whole thing. So if you've ever seen the movie The Big Short, it's very much in that style. And I love that movie, The Big Short. The Big Short's an awesome movie. So I like that style. It is still, and again, with all these things, there's creative license. So, how much of the history is actually true? It's on you to do a little research to figure out what is real and what isn't. That being said, though, I, you know, I, I'm a Met fan. I love Bronx is Burning. It's one of my favorite miniseries of all time. What the fuck do I care about the Yankees? But I like that show. It's a good show. Nothing.
1: All right. No, I can. I listen. I get your point. That. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not a fan, I am a sports fan, and I couldn't get something out of it. Yeah, um,
0: I'm, not he he I'm, I'm not saying you got a root. I'm not saying you got yeah radar. Yeah,
1: but I will ask the question to Dave. Dave, your reasonings, not reasonings for watching. You like me that you just don't care enough about the Lakers.
2: It, it's it's not even that I don't care about the Lakers. It's just kind of. Not high on my priority list of things to watch. Like I, I will watch it. Like I know I'm going to watch it because it's actually getting great reviews. Like, mm-hmm. so like it's not that it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I have absolutely no interest. It's more just like I'll get to it when I get to it.
0: Yeah. And I'll say I'll say this. I I, I like John C. Riley. He is he is very good playing historical figures. I think I've brought this up to you guys before. I never really liked John C. Riley that much. He's in that Will Ferrell camp. And by the way, I don't know if you guys know this story. Adam McKay chose to cast John C. Riley over Will Ferrell for the part of Jerry Buss. And Will Ferrell and him are no longer business partners as a result of that. You guys heard that? Yeah, I did hear that. (laughs) John C. Riley is someone I always kind of put in that camp. But I've told you guys this before. I'm a huge fan of Laurel and Hardy from the 30s and 40s and the, the 20s. Everything famous comedy team, March of the Wooden Soldiers. There's a movie a couple of years ago called Stan and Ollie, with Steve Coogan as Stan Laurel and John C. Riley as Oliver Hardy, and he should have gotten a fucking Oscar nomination for that. That movie was fantastic, so that's why I like John C. Riley now. He's very I, good. I like John. I,
1: I like John C. Riley ever since I watched Walk Hard. You know, I've never, is, uh, that's never saw my it. Favorite John C. Re- John C. Riley movie.
0: I I've heard. Go ahead.
2: I think it's his best movie. Walk Hard mm. is amazing. Mm. I've you know
1: what, heard if a... you. If you if you like John C. Riley and anything, this is this is him leading. Like he is the leading role. He plays the leading guy, Dewey Cox. Watch Walk Hard. Walk Hard is uh, it's. It's a classic. It's a comedy classic in my opinion. Like I, I laugh my ass off at that movie every time like every time I watch it.
0: I've heard good things about that movie. That's the movie when Bohemian Rhapsody came out. Uh, the movie about Queen. That movie got compared to Walk Hard in a derogatory sense which is like, well, I could have just watched Walk Hard instead of this. So, like it's it's a highly thought of movie. I know that. For a long time, I wasn't crazy about John C. Riley because I put him in with the Will Ferrell stuff, and we talked about Will Ferrell and how we feel about him. And I like Anchorman, but I was never crazy about Will Ferrell as a leading man, so I kind of saw John C. Riley the same way. I worked at the movie theater when Walk Hard came out, and I, I never saw it. So You should. Okay. Fair enough. You should watch The Wire. Hey! Haven't snuck that in, in a while.
1: <laughs> Way to meet you, Mike. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. All right. I think on that note, unless anybody's got anything else, that's as good as time to do the George Costanza and leave on a high note. So thank you, everybody, for listening to us tonight on all our various podcasting outlets, whether it's Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Let's do some final thoughts here. Dave Hastings.
2: Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Sorry for the rough start, but uh, (laughs) happy for the strong finish.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And once again, Dave, I brought this up earlier. Eric Tressler, congratulations on your third anniversary with Janice, my friend.
2: Yes. Thank you, sir.
1: Yep.
0: Do your final thoughts, brother.
1: All the time. Yeah, no. Definitely. Send send her lots of prayers. She needs them. Um, but what happened? Guys, uh, oh, <laughs> I
0: got it. I, I, uh, I picked up on it late. Send I'm sorry. I can't. Support. Yes, yes, absolutely.
1: Um, but no, other than that, uh, listen, last weekend, to soak in some college basketball, enjoy the games on Saturday if you get a chance to watch any of them. Uh, other than that, um, yeah, watch some other basketball, NBA, uh, NHL seasons, both seasons are wrapping up soon. Um, let's get ready for some playoff talk and, uh, till next time. Stay sweaty. Yes.
0: Stay sweaty, my friend. Yes. And once again, I am Mike Aglialoro. Thank you everybody for listening. We will see y'all next week.